0: A wicked Friday the Thirteenth. If you're the Boston Celtics, right? You betcha. Welcome, glad to have you today. Friday the Thirteenth, and uh, it is pretty nice outside. The Deer District's going to be rocking, albeit limited. By the way, we'll get into that coming up. Uh, Boston Celtics game six tonight down at the Pfizer Forum. Packers schedule release last night. Little surprised. Little surprised. I got to be honest. Little surprised, and I'll tell you why coming up here momentarily. And uh, you got the uh, the Brewers on the road. They are in uh, Miami, and they're going to be taking on uh, the uh, Marlins a little bit later on tonight. As a matter of fact, Corbin Burns goes to the hill against Lopez. So you got Corbin Burns who has got a one eighty seven a whopping. 186 ERA, but can't get any run support. So the Brewers played at 11 runs in the finale in Cincinnati. And uh, you would assume now that Corbin Burns is on the Hill, they'll maybe get two runs tonight. And uh, Corbin Burns will probably get a no decision by the time it's all said and done. Brewers 20 and 12 on the season, leading the uh, NL Central. Marlins 14 and 17. Three games under 500 right now. And when it comes to the Eastern Conference or the Eastern Division, The National League East, Uh, they are 14-17, and and they are seven games behind the uh, division-leading Mets. Bryce Harper gets a uh, UCL tear and is not going to be able to throw for about four weeks. Uh, So, Ben, what does that do to your Philadelphia Phillies, man? Well, he's actually been hurt and out of the field for weeks already, and they didn't know how bad it was. So he just DHs every day. Yep. So he can not throw, but he can hit. Yeah, That's about the extent of it. He had a day last night as well. Yep. Yes, he did. Uh, your uh, 76ers are done. And uh, not that you, it's any shock to you because you kind of said that they weren't going to win anyway. But uh, the fact that they fell 99-90 last night to the Miami Heat. Now the Heat sit back and wait for the winner of the series between the Bucks and the Celtics. But uh, Joel Embiid uh, talked about his team and uh, talked about how, the, uh, you know, the, the the rest of the guys, if you will, the rest of the guys. So I talked about the team, uh, did have some things to say, critiqued James Harden, by the way, which I found uh, a little bit interesting. Uh, he said, uh, since we got him, everybody expected the Houston James Harden, Embiid said, but that's not who he is anymore. He's more of a playmaker. I thought at times he could have been, as all of us could have been, more aggressive. All of us, goes on to say, uh, or guys coming off the bench, he said, I'm not just talking about offensively. I'm talking about, you know, as a whole offensively and defensively situation. I didn't think we were good defensively as a team. They took advantage of a lot of stuff we tried to do. And then offensively, just really everybody being on the same page. He very much danced around the fact that, yeah, he's $44 million of a paperweight. <laughs> that's that's what he kind of said. Did you get that sense listening to Joel Embiid talk about James Harden?
1: Yeah, and, I mean, he says what everybody in the world who watched that game and the rest of the season is thinking.
0: Yeah, that, uh, oh, by the way, he's pretty much done. He's not the same dude. He's not the same dude. This is Joel Embiid talking about, uh, you know, his team and James Harden. I mean, I don't know. I think he's been, uh, obviously, uh,
1: I'm sure. You know, since uh, we got him, everybody expected uh, the Houston James Harden. Uh, but that's not
0: who he is anymore. Uh, he's more of a playmaker. Uh, I thought, you know, yeah, at times, you know, could have been, uh, as all of us, uh, could
1: have been more aggressive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He hemmed and hard um, well, and, um, he, um, he could have been, you know, he, um, yeah, he hemmed it on. In other words, yeah, this guy's not very good. This guy's not the same cat. Uh, he, the only time he really is on the money is when he's making it rain in the strip club. Other than that, nah, nah, nope, not happening. In the meantime, you've got the Bucks and Celtics coming up tonight. Did you know, for those going down there tonight, the Deer District is limiting the amount of people Uh, I don't specifically in in that deer district, they're going to call it at about 11,000 people tonight. So it's not going to be the 20, 30, 40,000. That's going to be, you know, hopefully down there for the uh, NBA finals, but they're going to limit it tonight. Uh, This came out a little bit earlier today. So if you were heading to the deer district and you're going to meet friends, you're going to get drinks, you're going to stand around, watch the game. Uh, get down there early or you're not going to get in. They're going to try to keep the crowd minimal tonight. I don't mean minimal in the sense of, you know, a couple thousand. 11,000 people is a lot of people. I mean, when you talk about people inside the building and outside the building, totally, that's 30-something thousand people. So you're talking about, you know, the the crowd that size that could, you know, possibly come close to filling up, what, American Family Field, sitting all in one Deer District area. So uh, it'll be a good one tonight, though. Jake says, taking my daughter tonight uh, for our first Bucks game. Any good pizza down by the Fiserv? Oh, my God, Jake. Right there on Old World 3rd Street. You don't need to go any further than San Giorgio Pizza. Thanks for chiming in on the Bud Light livestream, by the way. You go into San Giorgio. Get there early, okay? Go into San Giorgio. Uh, get in there. Ask for, uh, t- Talk to Robin. Robin uh, is the head pizza maker. Ask for Gino. Tell him I sent you. And go in, sit down, either at the end of the bar, maybe get one of the high-top tables. Or, if you want to take your daughter, go to where they actually make the pizza and sit there at that bar. You can watch them make it right there. And you can get the Bill Michaels pizza. You can get a kind of a traditional-style pizza. But I recommend the Bill Michaels or the San Giorgio, which is completely different and wonderful. But go down there, get one of those authentically, Napolitana Pizzeria VPN-certified pizzas, and uh, go enjoy yourself. Go enjoy yourself. You might see me down there tonight, actually. Bucks, Bucks and Celtics tonight, 6.30. So if you're going to go, Jake, get there four thirty, five 5 o'clock at the latest. Because you want to get down to get in. The Fiserv Forum is going to have a line beyond big tonight to get in downtown. So my assumption is you're going to have to get there really early. So if you're going to go and you're taking the day off or you're going out getting out of work early, get down there 4 o'clock even. 4 o'clock, 4.30, and you would be good to go. Because it only takes a couple of minutes to make the pizza. Fires right up. So you got the Bucks coming up tonight, hosting the Celtics, Brewers tonight. And then the big news yesterday, last evening. We already knew the uh, home schedule for the Green Bay Packers. Now we've got the away schedule. Sunday, September 11th, they get it all going. They're going to be in Minnesota. We are going to be live in Minnesota for that event. I kid you not. Arrangements, boom, made like that. Last night, bam. We're sitting there waiting, 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 uh, ladies and gentlemen. The Green Bay Packers on Sunday, September eleventh at three twenty-five on Fox will be playing at Minnesota. Boop! Hit the text. They, they're like, "You're good to go. You're good to go." Then they come home. They face the Chicago Bears. Here's the weird thing about it, and one of the glitches I feel anyway in the uh, in the uh, in the system. They play on Sunday, October 9th. They play October seventh or a second in uh, in Lambeau against the New England Patriots, okay? They get on a plane and fly to London to get ready to play the Giants. Then come right back and the very next Sunday play the New York Jets at home. Now, some will say, well, that's your at home. It's no big deal. And playing in in London, changing up your body clock a little bit, playing at 8.30 in the morning, and then coming back home to play the Jets the week the following Sunday, little most teams get that week prior to or after as like a, a, a kind of a mini bye week, and the Packers don't. The Packers don't get that, so you got it at eight thirty a.m., then you got Sunday, 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 which is a Sunday night game against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Good game that'll be on NBC, and then they come uh, come back. And then they play, uh, go back out on the road, I should say. Uh, Then a Sunday game at Detroit. Then you get back-to-back home games. You get Sunday, November 13th against the Cowboys. Then on Thursday night football, which would be on Prime Video, by the way, Amazon Prime, you get the Tennessee Titans. And then they go on the road in back-to-back weeks to Philadelphia. Ben, I would assume you're going to be our reporter on the ground for Sunday night football there. We'll see. That's the loose plan. Maybe we'll get the show going down there. There you go. And then Sunday, December 4th, uh, they're on the road in Chicago. We'll be down in Chicago for that, too. And then uh, you've got a bye week, finally, which is the latest bye week the Packers have ever had. It's the latest bye week of all bye weeks, too, by the way, in the NFL. And then three of their last four games are at home. The Rams on Monday Night Football. The Dolphins, they go on Christmas Day and then back home on January 1st, New Year's Day for the Vikings, and uh, a week later, either uh, on the 7th or the 8th for the Detroit Lions, and that's the way the schedule shakes out. So the one thing, there's, there's a bunch of things you can take away from the schedule release, one of them being that the Green Bay Packers, again, in high demand, high demand. There is only, what, I think five total noon games? That's it. Five noon games out of a 17-game schedule. Twelve of them are either regional or nationally televised. They got a maximum of five primetime games for the ninth consecutive year, including the home opener uh, against Chicago on Sunday, September 18th. And uh, they had last week, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was week 13 when I was going over the schedule. Week 13, they had the bye. They got to wait a week longer this year, like I had mentioned. the The fourteenth week is when they finally get the buy, playing on Christmas Day. Uh, this year, and uh, and then obviously they uh, open up, uh, you know, again uh, against some new coaches this year. You've got new coaches. Minnesota, obviously, you're going to face. You're going to face uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom, terrific. And that's going to be in Tampa Bay, so you got the goats going at it on Fox. So you're going to have that. Bill Belichick, uh, you face Brady one week, Belichick the next. New head coaches in New York. You've got all those new young guys down in New York for uh, the Jets when they come to town. Uh, but it's, it's a good schedule. I like it. Now, did you go through it, Bennett? Did you pick wins and losses yet? No, I was going
1: to wait until we're on air to play that game. I, I okay. would always find during the 16-game season, whenever I would do that in high school, it was always 9-7. and seven.
0: Uh, I start out with the Packers winning 10 games. Just before I even look at the schedule, I said 10 games. Well, I guess that's, that's from the be. Eagles' point of view. Okay. <laughs> 10, 11 games, you know, always plus or minus. So you go on the road, right away you open up against Minnesota, new head coach and such. I'm taking that as a win. Bears at home. Sunday night, taking it as a win. On the road, Tampa Bay, first loss of the season. At home against New England. New England and Bill Belichick, good. But Mac Jones, Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to give the nod to Aaron Rodgers. They get the win. Three and and one. one. Three and one to start the year. In uh, London, against the Giants. Giants, not a very good football team. Five and one. Jets, six and one. Commanders, seven and one. At Buffalo, seven and two. At Detroit. I, I, at Detroit, it's always a pain in the ass, but I'm going to get them with a win. Eight and two. That's seven minutes. Dow- I believe. Or, it, is it? I think you counted next week. Minnesota, Chicago, New England, that's three. New York and New York, four and five. Washington is six. Okay. They're going to lose to Buffalo. Uh, Detroit, they get a win. Dallas, they get a win. Tennessee. They're going to lose one game they shouldn't, but they're good at kind of holding court at home. So I'm going to say that's a win. At Philadelphia, call it a win. At Chicago, a win. The Rams at home on Monday night, going to call it a win. At Miami, going to call it a win. Minnesota and Detroit at home, win-win. Is that a two-loss season? That's what the math says. I called it a two-loss season. Wow. what other what so if you look at and i'm just going by the teams the matchups so what game i i got them losing at buffalo do they lose at detroit or at washington do they lose at philadelphia at chicago they're good at holding court at home so if you say all the home games they win where would they lose on the road at Minnesota, Week One could be sneaky. We saw what happened last year, right? Okay, maybe they lose the first one at home uh, on the road. They lose the first game of the season. I would say at Philadelphia, but their big
1: weakness is going to be in the secondary. And when you put Aaron Rodgers against a poor secondary, that usually doesn't end well for the opponent. Hmm. Um.
0: It's a good question. Think about it. And when you, sitting out there in uh, listening land or viewing land, wherever it is you are, when you went through this schedule, what did you end up with? And tell me where the Green Bay Packers lose. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show on this Friday, the 13th, in which uh, the Green Bay Packers have their schedule. And the uh, Milwaukee Bucks get ready for Bucks and Six. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. show on this Friday, Friday the 13th, which is going to be bad luck for the Celtics. <laughs> Welcome in. Glad to have you. And uh, for all of you, all of you on the uh, on the network now, as we have all of our stations joining us. Good to have you. Good stuff. We'll talk some Bucks basketball coming up. I said all along, I just got a gut feeling the Bucks are going to win tonight. No statistical reason why it is what it is. Just an FYI. Uh, So we'll talk more about that coming up. But uh, talk a little Packers, schedule release, personnel, all that kind of stuff. Our buddy Rob Reichel joining us uh, right now on the hotline. Rob, how you doing, pal?
1: I'm great. How are you, Billy?
0: I'm good. So uh, I said, I started to go through this, and as a betting man, I know that most of these games the Packers probably will be favored in. I could pick them losing at Tampa Bay. I can pick them losing at Buffalo. But they've been really good at holding court at home, so it's hard for me to bet against them at home. Even though I know Cal- the Cowboys are going to be good and the Rams are going to be good, but uh, I started going through it and I can't I can't find more losses than that. R- Rob, what do you see the schedule as? And pick me pick me some wins and losses. And where do they lose?
1: Well, you know it, it, it's so tough, Bill. I mean, you know predicting injuries and stuff like that. Let, let let's work. I guess obviously then under the assumption, right, that everybody's got a full plate of players and and a full and healthy roster when when we're doing this and. And obviously that won't be the case, right? They could, they, they could see Dallas without, without Dak Prescott, right? Or they could see Tennessee without Derrick Henry. But let, let's just go through that if you want to do it that way, Billy, and, 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 and say every, everybody's healthy and everybody has the 90 guys or the 53 guys that are in camp today. Um, I could see them losing week one at Minnesota, Bill. I, I, I'll be honest with you, and, and we'll go through this a little more in depth. I think the first eight or nine weeks, Bill, are going to be really challenging from the standpoint of they're going to be working to find an identity on offense. I mean, for the entire Aaron Rodgers era here, they have been a pass first operation. Um, you know, dating back to when Brett showed up in 92, we've got 30 straight years here where, you know, they've had back to back hall of fame quarterbacks and and everything is predicated on the passing game and they throw the ball 60 to 65% of the time and they run it 35 to 40%. Bill, if if you and I are a first-year coach, we're coming to Green Bay right now and looked at this roster and looked at this personnel with with two high-level running backs and eight really good offensive linemen, potentially the chance for a dominant offensive line, I I would say, and and, and Bill, an outstanding defense on the flip side, I I would say their best path to win football games in 2022 would be to run the ball 50-plus percent of the time. And, and try to win games twenty three seventeen 17 and win it with a run game and a defense, and then you pick your spots in the passing game. But that's going to be a really tough sell to Aaron Rodgers. So, Bill, I, I think they're going to have some hiccups early on as they try to figure out exactly who they are on, on offense. You know the, Again, I, I think that the, the overwhelming majority of talent lies in the one game and then you obviously have a Hall of Fame quarterback without a lot of people to throw the ball to. So that that's going to be tricky for him early on, Bill. I You know, I think, yeah, Minnesota has potential for a loss. I would pick them to lose at this point in time in, in Tampa Bay. You know, they should beat the Giants in London, Bill. Um, but at the same point in time, you, you just you never know what a trip like that is going to do to people. We, we've seen some favorites go over there and, and lay some eggs. I mean, I, I would certainly think they win that game. They benefit early on, Bill, from the standpoint of you know, they have that week five trip to London and that and that's sandwiched by a pair of home games. So they get they get New England at home in week four and the Jets at home in week six and in between they take that, you know, trip to London. So the fact they have back to back home games surrounding that should protect them a little bit through through that window uh, Buffalo and week eight bill jumps out is a game where they're undoubtedly going to be uh, again, this is if everybody's healthy, they're going to undoubtedly be a four to six point underdog. I-, I would think, you know, the emotion of that Dallas game in week 10 is going to be incredible uh, bill, much like when Brett Favre came back, not quite to that level, but, Mike McCarthy still has his unbelievable loyal followers and, and believers around here. And, I mean, that, that, that's going to be a game of, of high emotion because leading into it all week, Bill, all where anybody's going to talk about is the Mike McCarthy-Aaron Rodgers relationship um, and, and, and why and how that, that went so sour. Uh, the end of the season, Bill, I, I think works in their favor. You know, the, the last four or five weeks, they've got the bye in week 14, and then they've got three of the final four at home. Uh, they like to be at home in December and January, especially when they're bringing in warm weather or West Coast teams, and they're going to do that a couple times there with the Rams in Miami. When I went through it, Bill, real quick, you know, I, I, I thought to myself about 12-5, and five, which which is about right, I would think. They were 13-4 and four last year. I don't think they're as good having lost. Uh, you know, the, the arguably the best wide receiver in football and, and Z'Darrius Smith and some other hits they took in free agency. Um, but it, it should be, you know, it should be a good enough football team, Bill, when they can figure out exactly who they are to, to absolutely win the NFC North again and probably to be in a, in, a, in a race for one of the top three seeds in the conference
0: i I really like when I go through the schedule I like a lot of their opportunities because of the home schedule. Uh, I'm a little are you a little surprised they don't have when it comes to that portion of the schedule with the London game that they don't have a buy after that or before that?
1: Yes yes and and I and I think that's gonna be really tricky for them again I it, here's the real positive, okay. So they'll get New England in, at, at home in Week Four, probably a 500 football team, maybe a little bit better because of the head coach. Then they go on the then they then they take that long crazy trip to London, and and then they come back for a home game, which are back to back. But here's the good news for them, Bill, and here's what the league did them a huge favor: it's against the Giants and the Jets, right? It's it's two teams that for the last handful of years have been in the top five, uh, uh, you know, worst five teams in the league, top five in terms of drafting and things like that. You're talking about uh, two organizations that that have been, you know, among the bottom five to ten in the league here over the better part of the last decade, certainly since the Giants won won their last Super Bowl. So they they catch a huge break there, I, I would say, A, having the Giants as the opponent in London, and then B, coming back home and playing a Jets team that hasn't been good in forever.
0: Uh, now I believe that they're going to pick up another wide receiver before the season gets going. Do you see it that way?
1: Well, I, I do bill in, in theory, um, you know, keep in mind, I, I think the, when I looked a couple days ago, they were about 15, 15 and a half million under the cap. And, and, and this does change a little bit, but the number will be in that range, um, and and they're going to need about 12 twelve and a half to thirteen million to sign sign all their draft picks. So let's just say, Bill, that that leaves them with roughly three million dollars to play with. Um, you know, you're not getting Jarvis Landry for three million dollars. You're probably not getting mm. OBJ for three million. Maybe a Julio Jones. Uh, you know, for for a guy who might want to come in and play on an incentive based one year deal for three million. The the problem, Bill, is. I mean, what what are we sitting at here today? May thirteenth. If, if if a guy is still on the street, Bill, there's a reason he's on the street. Um, I, I think Julio Jones's best years are, are are well past him. OBJ is a huge risk coming off of of that knee. The guy that doesn't intrigue me quite a bit and. You know, we, we've we talked about this in the past, Bill, that they don't have a one or a two on the roster today. They have a whole bunch of threes and fours at this point in time. I, I think Christian Watson will, will become a one or a two, but it's not going to happen in 2022. Uh, you know, so you, you've got to find a guy who's at least a two. And and to me, Bill, the best guy on the street yet is Jarvis Landry. The problem is is, is his price tag early on in free agency sent everybody else in different directions. They They didn't want to pay what he was asking. Now, will his price tag come down to the level where a team like the Packers can afford him, or you know, instead of, instead of being in that ten to twelve million dollar range, um, you know, is he going to hold firm at eight and Green Bay just can't do it? Um, you know, Green Bay can obviously make something happen there, Bill, if if they want to, but it's probably going to come down then. To, to cutting a player like a Dean Lowry uh, to getting a Jair Alexander extended pretty quickly here where then you can go chase that wide receiver that you want. But but the way it sits today, Bill, once they sign all their draft picks, they're just not going to have a whole lot of money. So right. I, I I am with you. Brian Goodacook needs to have another move or two up his sleeve. He can't go into 2022 with this group of wide receivers and and think he's going to challenge for a whole heck of a lot in the, in the NFC. The problem is, He's running out of time, Bill. He doesn't have a whole lot of money to play with. And, and everybody out there knows how desperate he is to you know to add another wide receiver to, to, to his group. So he's, he's not exactly playing, Bill, from a position of strength at this moment.
0: So, by the way, we're talking with Rob Reichel. You can find him at Rob Reichel over on Twitter from Forbes.com, Conley Media, and does the Packers coverage. So what do you think is holding up Jair's deal?
1: Well, I, I don't think it's, and, and, and I do think they'll get something done yet this summer, Bill. I, I you know, I, it, it, it takes two to tangle. He's obviously coming off an injury, so I, you know, I, and, and he's always been smaller and undersized, and 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 people have always had questions, you know, in terms of. Him staying on the field, the productivity is never going to be an issue when, when he plays, Bill. But when you start talking undersized corners, you, you wonder what kind of lifespan you can get out of these guys. And, and Jair's first three years in the league, you know, he was obviously healthy and he did everything they asked and wanted. And, and he elevated to one of the top two or three corners uh, in all of football. Last year puts a little down, a little speculation then, obviously, on, all right, if, if you sign him to a five-year deal, Uh, you know, out of those 85 games that you'll play in the regular season in, in those five years, can you get 75, 80 games out of him? Are you starting to talk Kevin King kind of numbers where you're at 50 to 60 because he's an undersized corner. I'm sure they see the value a little bit different right now. Bill Jair will point to his numbers in 2020, where he kind of elevated uh, to the top of the league and and and, and the majority of statistics. Uh, a group like Pro Football Focus would keep Jair ranked number one or two in the league and in a lot of those. You know, Green Bay's counter play there obviously would would be they're concerned about his health and his longevity and you know can he can he play till he's 31 or something like that, uh, despite the fact he is an undersized guy. Um, the, the truth's going to wind up somewhere in the middle. I, I would imagine, Bill, that you know both sides uh, will we, we'll, will kind of figure this out here by the time we, we get to training camp and, and, and you'll see him sign a, a longer deal. It'll help Green Bay once they do, Bill. His salary cap number will probably come down 5 or $6 million from from where it sits today, and, and they'll get one of the top five corners in the league locked up for the, for the next five years. It's just... It's just these things do take time, Bill. And, and you know the old thing Andrew Brandt would say it all the time when I would call him and, and I'd ask him about how negotiations are going. He would say every single time, you know, deadlines for action. And, and as we get right. closer, Bill, to, to, to uh, late July and training camp getting here, that both those sides will get that thing rolling because he doesn't want to come in, or Alexander, that is, doesn't want to come in uh, to, you know, to, the, to the season on the final year of his deal. Green Bay wants to get him locked up. So it will happen, Bill. I just I think it ends up happening much closer to training camp.
0: Before I let you go, i got to ask you, with the draft, how do you feel about this team's depth when it comes to the ability to upgrade special teams?
1: Yeah, I, I think they did a nice job there overall, Bill. Especially in the in the later part, you know, of the draft, they maybe could have used one more pick there to, you know, designate to to, to you know a guy to help fix that. Obviously, Carpenter is is going to be the key guy that that came out of there. But you know, we'll, we'll see if this plays out, Bill, through uh, you know the the OTAs and, and the mini camps and then training camp, obviously. But you know, they. they have a returner in that group whether that's a Watson you know or a Romeo dumps or, or somebody like that uh, you, you know how dismal they've been in, in the return game uh, you know for the last you know 10 to 20 years I mean it, it, it's been ugly but but what they've got to do bill too is, is, is they've got to get the, you know the coverage units short up big time especially in the punt game um, and, and they certainly took some guys who fit that bill uh, from a from a size speed uh, standpoint. Uh, You you, you would think a a new special teams coach coming in, you know, like 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 they finally did, Bill went outside the organization, opted not to promote from within for the first time. Uh, They fully understand, and, and maybe for the first time, Bill, how how. Special teams can cost them a season. They they should have figured this out after 2014, obviously. They didn't, and they let this thing fester and linger, and special teams has been a pain in their side ever since. I mean, it, it, it arguably cost them a season again. Last year, Matt LaFleur was hell-bent on making sure that that never happens again. Um, I think they've upgraded Bill. Again, we, we've talked about this in the past. They don't need to be a top five or a top eight unit. They, they just need to be in, in the middle somewhere and not dead last every single year. And, and I think I think they'll be good enough, Bill, with with some of the people they took that, that they should be in that 12 to 18 range when it's all said and done. Good stuff,
0: Bud. We appreciate it uh, and enjoy. Uh, well, we're getting ready for mini camps and OTAs and obviously Bucks basketball. There's a lot going on in our area. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the few days we have off until we get back at it again, Rob.
1: Hey, Buxton six, right,
0: Billy? There you go. I just got a feeling coming up tonight, pal. Talk to you soon.
1: Thanks a lot.
0: There you go. That's Rob Reichel joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Always good to get his opinion as to what he thinks uh, regarding uh, a very honest, sometimes brutally honest look at uh, the Green Bay Packers. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wabam. Go to GetWabam.com. Get, G-E-T, GetWabam, W-A-B-A-M, GetWabam.com. And uh, whether it's the products for janitorial services, if you are a business owner, or maybe you just like them around your house, you like the clean wipes and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you are a car guy or girl, a motorcycle guy or girl, a boat guy or girl. Uh, they have some terrific products. You just got to try it. And then you go, okay, now I see what they've been talking about. Go to getwabam.com. That's getwabam.com. You can see the entire Line up right there on site, getwabam.com. Based in Wisconsin, ship here right in Wisconsin, the five-state area actually, uh, you know, kind of around us, but uh, they'll get it to you in just a couple of days. It, go to getwabam.com. That's getwabam.com. You can also pick up their products if you want to clean up your motorcycle out at uh, Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, right there next to the parts counter. They they stock it there. It's that good. They believe in it, and they've seen it work. Go to getwabam.com. That is getwabam.com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.